gray sky, hello blue. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to Rockin' All Week with you, a Happy Days podcast. Episode 6 of Season 7. In this episode, we are covering King Richard's Big Night and Fonzie versus the She-Devils. I would imagine probably not Herschel Gordon-Lewis's She-Devils, although the moment I said that, all I want to do is watch She-Devils on wheels again. It's been some time. I'll be doing that later. We're in November of 1979. Where were you? If you weren't alive yet, congrats. I was. I was 6. I was living a pretty blissful life. I think I was in... Um, first grade, right? I was in first grade. St. Margaret Mary School in Arondequoit, New York, uh, which is part of Rochester. And I was, uh, our teacher was um, St. Mary, no, Margaret, Margaret Mary, St. Margaret Mary's with the school, the sister, St., oh my gosh, I don't remember her name. Sister Mary Joseph, <laughs> Sister Jesus Christ. I don't remember her name. She was a very nice lady, though. And in first grade, I was the best boy. I was I was God's best boy. Second grade, my dad drowned, and I became less of a good boy. But not like a troublemaker. But I've told this story before. But anyway, so we're at 1979. Where are we here? I mean, we're... Um, the, we're in the vicinity of, wait a second, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the seventh Battle of the Network Stars? That's something to think about. They're making Empire Strikes Back... Um, they're making, or they finished Friday the 13th, I think. And I only say that, and, and they're working on Terror Train, November 20th, 1979, November 20, November 20th, 1979. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place today because uh, this is my second take of this. The first take, a big dog started barking next door. That take was perfect. This take is scrambled. Enjoy this take. November 20th, 1979, King Richard's Big Night. Jerry Paris directing both James P. Dunn writing this one. November 27th, 1979, Fonzie vs. the She-Devils. Jerry Paris directing Sam Greenbaum uh, writing on that. And I was just going to say, um, the, the, the thing I like about King Richard's Big Night is the opening scene when Richie is drugged and he goes up there and he starts seeing everything strange. It feels to me, if this wasn't a little bit too early for that, it feels to me like the opening for a slasher film, right? Could you could you imagine that? Like he sees things, and then he attacks everyone, you know, and then you know, and then this this is they say it's nineteen sixty one, you know, sort of like twenty years later, whatever happened to Richie Cunningham? They put him in an asylum in Milwaukee. Um, and uh, outside of Milwaukee, and now he's going after the Delta Gammas. Aren't the Delta Gammas the um, girls who were in Girls' Night Out? Be a Delta Gamma, da 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 da. You don't get pregnant, or something like that. You remember that Girls' Night Out? <sighs> My mind is pop culturally exploding because I'm because of the time period we're in right now, because of the mention of the She-Devils, because of that... I mean, look, look at that Look at that opening scene where, like, Bullfrog drops... Oh, I should be playing a little music. Did I, um... Oh, there was one... You're getting, you're getting me scattered here, folks, because of, of noises outside. We had, we had new neighbors move in four months ago, and they've been doing restorations and repairs and things in their house for four months. And the neighbors on the other side just started doing something to their backyard a week ago. So we're we're like we're like if you can imagine, if you can imagine, like the tastiest filling for a sandwich ever. That's me and my wife. But then if you can imagine, just like, I don't know. Imagine a couple of hardcore punk bands. Imagine. Husker Du's first album, Land Speed Record. Take the taste take take Husker Du's last album, Warehouse, and and put Land Speed Record 
have Land Speed Records sandwich that album. That's the way we feel right now. So so we're a little we're a little disconjointed. My wife's sick, and um, I'm not feeling so great myself. Aggravated an old um, wound, and um, old more wound, oh the wound. Um, but uh, but that's so. I'm gonna probably be a little scattered this episode. But it's, I think it's gonna be fun to hear uh, a little bit scattered fun. Hey, there's so many episodes of this show. Do you, do you remember the episode that I recorded from the place where I didn't tell you where I was, where there were gunshots and people doing drugs and gang members and prostitutes and people yelling? And do you remember that? That was like three or four seasons ago. I I I don't remember what episode it is. And I prefer not to remember. But you know that's the fun thing of a show like this. We're all over the place. So right now I'm in my normal recording space. We just got some loudness around me. Anyway. King Richard's Big Night. Uh, oh, and I, I did want to mention, I don't know at this point uh, if Laverne and Shirley, I'll check it for the next episode. The next episode, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't know. The next episode doesn't quite close out 1979, although the I'm looking at one of the episodes here and I'm like, ugh. But I don't quite know if Laverne and Shirley is um, has moved back into the old place yet. If Angie is still here, I do know. I do know by this point, late November, uh, when the show had been going for two and a half, uh, almost two and a half months, they would have known that the ratings had tanked because of the schedule change. Moving Angie after Happy Days, moving Laverne and Shirley to Thursday, and I know Laverne and Shirley tanked big time. Happy Days not as much. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in thinking about that, um, but um, I mean, I always saw it as in, in my mind as um, sort of you, you settled in for the evening and people started watching Happy Days and then people came on board more during Happy Days and by 8.30 we were all settled in. Although I don't know what was on at 9. Um, but I could be horribly wrong on that. But anyway, so we're going to go on to King Richard's Big Night. So in this one, there's they're having a big party at the Delta Gamma Sorority House and all the guys are there and they're going to crown the King of the Delta Gammas. And unfortunately, Richie is slipped a little pill, it's a little Mickey Finn, by a guy named Bullfrog who doesn't like Richie, slips it into Richie's ginger ale. And, um, and Richie wins the king thing and insults everyone and makes everyone angry, angry including the Fonz. Uh, the Fonz is the only one who kind of notes, mm, something's going on here, so they kind of go after Bullfrog. Let me play a little bit of music, and I'll be on the other side to um, catch up with the three conversations that I've already started in this half and talk about some more stuff. Here we go. Monday, happy days. I just finished watching the episode, and I was really enjoying the episode up until the, the slightly confusing ending um, where they... Uh, the, the 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 point of the ending is they may they 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 want to kind of solidify that um they, they've all been through so much together that Richie has a bad night and there should be no explanation for why he did what he did why he said the things he said and did the things he did there should be no explanation the episode set in 1961 and maybe in 1961 that would have made sense the episode airs in late 1979 maybe 1979 would make sense I don't know if it would have made sense to me if I watched it back then. It's certainly, the ending doesn't quite make sense to me now. This could be looking at me from a 2023 perspective. I do appreciate the ending, but I also... I... It's... 
So, so I'm, we're going to save, let's save the end for a little. Let's talk about the episode. The episode's pretty funny. The episode's a lot of fun. Um, it starts off at the, at the, 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 I guess this is a sorority house and, and, and then Richie almost immediately, instead of getting punched like everyone else, he goes and gets ginger ale and this guy named Bullfrog slips him a, slips him a, where do he get, where do he gets these pills from? I don't know. I guess they say he's a fullback. So maybe it's some sort of, uh, maybe he's stealing stuff out of the locker, like the guys in, um, like the, the wild man and, um the other guy with the nice car and final exam and he's and it's 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 weird he 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 drugs he actually drugs richie yeah he actually drugs richie and i, I guess i mean at, at the at the at the time and even even now watching it in context of the sitcom and the sitcoms of the time yeah this kind of junk happens you know he drugged them whatever you know he he got put in his place he got thrown out of the fraternity in the end the fonts humiliated him kind of basically he just kind of he humiliated him in front of like well he didn't humiliate richie has like a like a like a like a uh, loving cup over his head so richie can't see what's going on he humiliates in front of like three or four other frat members that fonzie could care less about he mainly humiliates him in front of the audience i i do enjoy that the episode uh doesn't doesn't doof around and immediately has bullfrog do that you don't know who this guy is you don't know why he would drug richie but he does and then richie makes a fool out of himself and everybody hates him and all kinds of crazy crap and then the fonz basically in the end goes back to fraternity we learn bulldog did it and and then bulldog is is embarrassed but then in the end it's really about um you know richie apologizing and everyone accepting his apologies and then and then i didn't mean to talk about the end yet but then apologizing for treating him badly it's such a weird it's such a weird thing you know it's like you know so 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 we're at a and then b happens and then it's taking a, instead of taking us to c it takes us to e and f is confusion and all this crazy crap so when we find out what happened at b and we learn that what happened at b was malicious and then if it never happened, we would have gone right to C. Instead of explaining that, Richie keeps us at F and moves us on to G, which is this weird thing where he doesn't remember what he said to everyone and no one knows why he suddenly said... I mean, doesn't that seem weird? Like, if, if like, your best friend, like, at a big occasion suddenly stood up and started insulting you, making out with your significant other, uh, treating you like garbage and humiliating you, and then the next day, you um, they apologized. You said sure, and and they said sure. I don't remember what I did, and you said, well, I don't know what you did. Wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't? I guess I'm talking about the ending now. So 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 it, it, the way it ends is, um, we find out what's going on. Richie apologized to everyone, but for some reason doesn't say the reason I said what I said was because Bulldog drugged me. He slipped a drug into my drink he 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 mickey finned my drink and that's why i said what i said and then at that moment everyone you think would say oh my gosh rich that's awful we're sorry carry on you know that we understand completely you know of course the thing with richie is that you know richie always seems like he's like he's got this rage bubbling under so i think what he's the tricky thing is what he says and what he does is what he really would like to do but he doesn't because he's a good guy but isn't that the point though of being good like you know good good people i you know i, I try to be good as best i can but the, there are moments like you know where i'll 
you know, excuse, like if I'm getting on the bus and someone bumps into me or something like that, and you, like good gravy on, um, just the other day, actually, I'm, I'm still suffering from it. Someone, someone slammed into me. I was standing on the bus cause it was so crowded. Someone slammed into me and I, I, I hit against a, like a pole and I aggravated an old, um, uh, wound in in my the wound the wound in my, in my leg from when I was mugged uh, some time ago and it really hurts and I'm having to take like a triple dose of Advil right now as I'm I'm saying this and trying to sit as calmly as possible and it's because this person did it and when they did that I was like oh no they were like they didn't even say excuse me they just looked at me and I said hey yeah it's okay and they kept on walking uh, what I should have said to them was hey you you big jackass you just hurt me and this may be a bad thing it is a bad thing and and but you try you try to be good and i think the thing with richie is richie tries to be good i think as the show goes along his his version of good is becoming skewed by the way the show is i i just like to think of it this way when the show started off richie was the head of the show he's no longer the head of the show and it's his his anger and his hostility comes out in weird ways unless bullfrog drugs him then it comes right out there and it's immediately presented to everyone and so it's so weird because yeah in the end he apologizes he he says he's so sorry for he what he actually says is can you can you be my friends again for after what i did i had a bad night he does it's weird he does one of those apologies that's not really an apology he does one of those things where he says you know what i know i screwed up last night um but you know please you know be my friends again and like we're sorry we weren't your friends we accept that you had a bad night and let's carry on to me the ending i can see what they're doing with the ending but it's almost like can you gaslight a sitcom audience at the end because really the ending should be hey this guy drugged me and that's why i said what i said i apologize for saying that i shouldn't have said that but i was drugged and fonzie could say yes he was drugged and i've been like okay you're forgiven for what you said and we we need to maybe press charges against that guy who drugged you because that was a criminal thing he did instead they do this sort of weird I'm your, I've been your friend for ages. I had a bad night. Forgive, um, you know, make I, be my friends again. Okay, we're sorry for not being your friends, Richie. And we don't care why you acted the way you acted. Hey, we're friends again. It's a really weird... Isn't that a really weird ending? It, it almost... It almost feels like so. I, I say this as a, as a as a as a American guy, a white guy. It almost feels like if you're watching a if I'm watching a film from Turkey. I'm watching a film from Indonesia. I'm watching a film from from um, uh, Nigeria. I'm watching I'm watching a film from a country that I am not familiar with, apart from maybe films. And they do something in the film which everyone is perfectly seems perfectly fine with, but me, per my values, I think that's not right. That shouldn't have happened. But then I also think, well, you know, maybe they're doing something different. They're up to something. You know, they 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 look at it differently. And, and so, um, like, you see certain things in movies. I was going to say, like, in the 70s and 80s, you see lots of Filipino movies with cockfighting. And that's absolutely fine. Cockfighting is, you know, it's it's a pretty standard thing in those movies. I think it's grotesque, but you see it all the time. And it's not presented as, as being something that you should be judged on. It simply is. And I think that's that's what, with this episode, this episode is presenting that ending of, I was... I don't. I don't know. What would that be? Assault? What? What is it when you when you drug someone against their will? Um, it's is that assault? I mean, is that a felony? I don't even know what that is. But he he had a crime committed against him, and angered his friends. And instead of saying that, 
he went a different route, which I guess works, but which is kind of stupid and doesn't... The problem is it doesn't answer any questions. You know, why did you get mad at me? We won't tell you. Why did you act the way we act? Why did you act the way you acted? I won't tell you. Okay, we're all fine. And I think the point is meant to be that we're such good friends that it doesn't matter. But story-wise, I don't know. I, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like if I had done that to some friends they would have become very wary of me after that. And um, it's just strange. It's a strange ending. I don't, I don't particularly like the ending. I think the episode is a lot of fun. It's it's very headlong. It moves very quickly. It's got, like the previous episode, Joni Busts Out. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of funny jokes, a lot of good lines. Um, Ralph has some good stuff. Um, uh, and it's, it's just it's just a lot of fun to, to, to watch. Um, and then we get that one great extra who's gargling in the bathroom when, when Fonzie Richie comes in, he kicks him out, and he swallows whatever he's gargling and walks out. I don't know who that gentleman's name is. I know in the other great Happy Days podcast, I believe they know who he is. Um, but he looks like some, he looks like someone I know. Not someone I know personally, someone I know from movies and such. And I feel like I should know him. But I'm not going to find out now because I'm talking about other stuff. So yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a great episode right up until that very final scene where I get what they're doing. But it doesn't make sense. Logically, it doesn't make sense to me. In some kind of magical, unicorn-filled land, it's it's. Per- um, I'm I'm your friend, and I had a bad time, and you. I wish you'd forgive me and be my friends again. Uh, we're sorry we stopped being your friends, and we don't care. We understand that you may have had a bad day. Welcome back into the fold. Little Richie the Unicorn. Thank you so much for welcoming back. You know, it's... Uh, I don't know. But there are some funny moments in it. I love the fact that it's like when Bullfrog drops the, the, the thing in the drink, you're like, what's going on? And that's why I say it reminds me of a slasher film thing. Because that's something you'd see around this time at the beginning of a slasher film where people are doing something, you don't know who they are, and then something happens and you think, why did they do that? And then something bad happens and that, that leads to the ten years later and the, and the, and the, and the whole film. And, and the moment Richie steps up there and suddenly it cuts from, you know, it cuts from the, 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 you know, the uh, multi-camera setup with the laughing crowd to the single camera a point of view, shaky, out of focus cam. You're like, okay, they're doing something a little different here. And I thought of slasher films. Now, granted, at this point, we'd really only had Halloween, which I don't even know. I don't quite call a slasher from Halloween too. I do, but um, but but at this point, we got we got a dozen, well, maybe a dozen uh, uh, slasher slasher type films being made and starting to get released around this time so this kind of weird thing like you're at a fraternity party you're at a party and someone does something cruel to someone else and causes something bad to happen and then 10 years 15 20 years later killing start that's what this reminded me of and gosh i wish it had gone that way it doesn't go that way but it is pretty funny and it is definitely watchable that's about it for the episode. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, like the last episode, previous episode, it's some laughs and it's fun. It's very simplistic. There's not, there's not much to it at all. You know, like I said, even the closing, we're friends. Can't you trust that I'm a good person? You know, kind of thing is, um, is even very simplistic. I think it's wrong. I, I don't think it's wrong. Like I'm waving my fist. I think it's wrong. Like dramatically, dramatically, um, the, this the, dramatically is not correct, I don't think. Um, but then, what? Who am I to say? Anyway, so we go on to Fonzie and the She Devils here, and it's a, it's a, it's a biker gang, bunch of gals, and um, they they get uh, Ralph and Potsy to come down to their strange hideout 
place and Richie shows up and then Chachi shows up and I think they're what is it they're gonna shave Chachi's head I think and then the Fonz has to save them but the Fonz I think dresses up as a nerd or something like that all I want to do now is watch She Devils on Wheels again it's been like three or four years so let me let me play a little music Wednesday, Wednesday, happy days. I like this episode quite a bit as, as I did the previous one apart from the ending this one the, the ending is fine in, in this one um actually I, I like the ending uh quite a bit in this one where um after they free um Chachi from and and Richie and Potsy and Ralph and I was gonna say Fonzie and 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 Fozzie, but I think I'm wandering all over the place there. Um, after they free them from the She Devils, they uh, it's it's funny. I will say that that She Devil set that we spent so much of the episode in. I I'm dying to know if that was like was that from something? Was it like a standing set like they had and they were like because it's a mess and there was, was it something like they were like tearing down from a previous sitcom and they said hey Gary can you use this for an episode of Happy Days oh yeah we'll write it in because you know the opening scene is in is in Arnold's but then apart from a couple brief scenes in the in the Cunningham's house which would have been like Arnold's a standing set all the whole thing takes place in the She-Devils place and again of course I'm just thinking to watch the She-Devils on Wheels which was made in was it 66 with She Devils on Wheels? I forget exactly. This is this is a fairly early biker gang for, for the gals. I mean, this is... We, we haven't... The Beach Party era hasn't even... But then, of course, the Beach Party had its bikers in it. So I guess we're getting the... I don't fully... The, the bikers... Bikers, to me, don't really come in proper until later in the 60s. But I know, of course, they were around at this time. That's what the Fonz is. Um, so, so obviously we had biker gangs and things like that. Obviously, yeah, Blackboard Jungle and 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 the film that I can that I'd like to name, Rebel Without a Cause. No, that's not what I wanted to say. You know the films I'm talking about. Yeah, obviously, my motorcycle gangs were around, but they become a, I think, a huge, huge part of pop culture. What end of the end of the '60s into the '70s? I mean, I think the point when you get the movies like Werewolves on Wheels and Pink Angels and the Black Angels and stuff like that, movies that are specifically meant to to call Northville Cemetery Massacre. Um, you, you you're getting now it's a genre. Um, was prior to that, a motorcyclist showed up here and there. And the Fonz is very much like the Fonz. We know that the Fonz is not part of a gang. He was part of a gang, but he is specifically not part of a gang. Although he loves the cycle, he is not part of a gang. But there are gangs out there, and the She-Devils are there, and they're cute, and they have their... One of them has kind of goofy 50s, 60s hair, and the others pretty much have sort of, I would say, probably late 70s style hair. And I, I do love the concept behind this, that basically that, that thing that... Um, they do they do well in the movie pledge night for example that they do with the, with the pig party or whatever where they bring in the unattractive ladies and the guys have to flirt with them and make out with them and stuff this is the basically the exact opposite oh, there's that cappuccino maker sorry i have the episode playing i still don't i still don't get what's going on there um but um uh the uh so so yeah so you get that's what this is the she devils are trying to find the nerdiest guys they can find and make fun of them and stuff and then they're going to cap the night off with chachi has dumped or treated one of the girls kind of poorly, dumped her basically. Uh, uh, Rhonda and one of her sisters is in the she devil, so they're going to shave Chachi's head. So they call it the Fonz. The Fonz dresses up like a nerd and is able to get out of there uh, without having to hit any of the gals because none of them want to hit any of the gals. One of my, uh, I will say that as much as Richie gets on my, my nerves here, Ron Howard, of course, is always wonderful. And there's the moment where Bertha, the head of the she devils, like drops the. Um, was it the key? Donna, I love that. I, may I just say those shots that lead us up to wherever the heck that um, 
their hideout is is fantastic. Why are they in that hideout? It's just like it's like an old it's like an old bathroom with a bunch of boxes that they sit on. Really, I mean, it really does feel like we're tearing. I'd love to know if this set was like a set from a a sitcom that bombed and and they were just because because you look at it and it's like it's slightly more than. I mean, they only use it for this episode, and it's slightly more than a just just a a, a, a set that they just dressed up to look like that. It fe- it feels like it was something that they're bringing down, taking apart, and they stopped at a certain point, and now they're going to um uh and they let the Happy Days gang use it or something. I don't know, but uh, but but there's that great gag where Bertha, I think, is it she drops the keys to the 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 shackles on on Chachi down her, you know, down in her cleavage, and Richie goes is like, I'm gonna take that. You take it if you can, and Richie like reaches for it, and doesn't quite get it, but then in the end when Richie um unplugs the razor that they're going to shave Chachi's head with, he drops the cord down his shirt, and she just rips his shirt off and takes the cord. I like that joke, and there are a lot of fun jokes, and um, and it's, it's, it is one of those odd things, too, where um, the, the specific reason why the She-Devils pick them is literally, like, five minutes before they show up, Al strolls in with these awful jackets, I know, some sort of plaid jackets for the guys to wear. They're very similar. They're very... Um, awful looking, and he says, "You guys should wear these as part of the band." So they they look a lot like the guys backing up Val Kilmer and Top Secret. Do 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 those guys. But but it's funny to think that like if the Sheet Devils had shown up five minutes before when they weren't in those jackets, probably nothing would have happened. I will say this: Richie Richie does must stop at home right because Richie's sporting a cool pink shirt. Um, but when he gets to the She-Devil's place, he's wearing a blue or... I don't actually know what color it is shirt because the copy I'm watching is looks like it's a copy of a copy of a copy off of TV land. And I think it's blue, but it could be like some faded... could even be yellow. I can't quite tell. But, um... Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's it's the gals. They pick a nerd and they pick Richie because he, he, um, he has dinner with his, um his family still and stuff like that and I, I guess that's funny I mean if these are the some of these women do look much older than Richie I'm not sure how old Ron Howard was at this point but like Bertha and the one blonde with like the bigger 50s hair they look like they're in their late 20s 30s kind of thing so it's weird that they would laugh at a guy who's in college and like 20 21 year old for still having dinner with his family now granted I generally stopped having dinner with my family apart from holidays around age Twelve, but um, but that's me. Uh, so so yeah, it's it's a fun episode. There's some good laughs, and there's there's not ne- there's never quite a feeling of um, never quite a big feeling of menace because you know they're not going to hit any of the girls, which means they have to get out of it without hitting them. And so if they have to get out of it without hitting them. There's no real question. You know, there isn't going to be a scene like where they all pile on top of Potsy and just pummel the shit out of him. Pardon my French. You know that's that's not going to happen. That's not the way it's working. They're they're really they're just to have. A, Fun, and they're really there to turn the tables. You know, maybe a few of them had, though they're all pretty attractive, maybe a few of them had been part of the, you know, the pig parties kind of thing. And now they're, 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 they're turning the tables as well they should, and I like that they do. But, but yeah, they bring Chachi in, and I, I, uh, I love when the Fon shows up as a nerd, and I love the moment he casually pulls the sink out of the just because it's pure, that's pure Fonz. Because you're like, is he going to pull the sink out? He pulls the sink out of the wall. And then they all run out and take off. And then the Fonz comes in. And it's it's a great moment because in this one, we, we get a great bit where, you know, the Chachi wasn't nice to Rhonda. 
and the girls had a reason to be angry. But um, not to kidnap him, put him in a sack for three hours, drag him to their hideout, and then shave his head angry. You know, like a yell at him and, like, don't be a jerk angry, and maybe he'll learn a lesson kind of thing. Um, not a violent kidnapping angry. And I do like that the Fonz comes in and looks at all of them, and none of them want to punch him, and he um, he makes birth of the head nerd. And then he just looks at him and says, live and let live. And then he leaves. That's a lovely end because that immediately cuts to him chastising Chachi for being a jerk. And uh, I, I like that. It works out very nicely. I keep thinking that Richie is going to cut through the the manacle with the hacksaw and cut off um, Chachi's foot. He does not. He does not. I love this set they're on. I wish I could see it. I wish I could see it better. You know, like on a... I mean, this... This show's never going to make it to high def, I would bet. Isn't it so weird, like, if you try to watch Happy Days Online, you can watch it on, like, Daily Motion and stuff, looking horrible, and you can find the occasional episode on YouTube, looking horrible, kind of what I'm watching now. But in general, it's it's so tricky. Like, the first six seasons, you get them on DVD, and they look decent. Um, but 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, forget about it. And it's just, they're so sketchy. And it's it's so weird, because, like, the Vernon Shirley's on a nice DVD. I've said this all before. Because I'm looking at it now, and I really love this set that they're on, this She-Devil's hideout set. But, but it's just so... Um, like I said, the copy I have is probably a copy of a copy transferred over to a DVD, and so it's just like you don't get um, uh, full on the quality of it. And there's some nice. I was just watching. There's a great moment where um, uh, right before Bertha drops the um, key down her cleavage, uh, there's a great moment where uh, uh, Chachi realizes his one foot is chained to the sink, and Richie grabs the chain and lifts it up, and basically says, "What is this? What is this?" And Chachi's standing next to him, just with his leg up. <laughs> in the air like standing at a perfect like what 45 degree angle or whatever it's very funny um yeah a lot of good moments in the episode uh, i i love the bits where they keep cutting back to the cunninghams and they're singing by the light of the silvery moon and stuff like that and we need to discuss music real quick in these two episodes but uh, and I, I like that that the fonz is trying to be middle class and sing along to the songs but it isn't working and and jody is enjoying it i think just because her parents are enjoying it i don't think that she's enjoying the songs in particular but I think they're they're having fun. But poor poor yeah, Fonz isn't taking to it too well, and it's it's interesting because they most interesting part of those scenes to me is that they put the piano in the in the the extreme sort of upstage left of the um uh, of the, of the set, so it's over against the wall. It's 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 beyond the um, fireplace, and it's in that corner right where the, the the bookcase ends. And there's a shot where it kind of cuts back to them, and they kind of look over at Fonz or the Fonz or or whoever who like who's near the door. And um, you could sort of see that weird space beyond the bookcase where there's like some wall, blank wall, and then beyond that there's a painting. And you're like, isn't isn't like isn't the piano meant to be up against the wall of the house? Like they don't just have the piano sitting in the middle of the room. That's like we have a piano. It's up against a wall. We don't when we play it, we don't pull it into the center of the room. It sits up against the wall. So the piano is up against a wall and yet when it cuts to certain angles you can see that there is more wall beyond the piano. What is that? What is you what is that space used for? What room is that? It's not a room. I've said this so many times before and when they do this it's even more confusing. But it's kind of clear that whenever they cut back to the the, the living room 
home set there that things aren't fully planned out as well as they could be because at one point you see the lights in the far right corner very briefly shining over the top of the set and then in another bit you see the boom mic so it's like these scenes don't seem so prepared as the other ones um it seems it seems like they sort of prepared everything for the she devil set um but uh, anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a fun episode. It's a good. Both of these are fun episodes. Like I said, I don't like the ending of the first one in particular. I like the scene where um Ralph and Potsy have to dance because it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch them go, and uh, the gals are laughing and having a good time. And um, I guess um it's uh you know there's something about it. If like if this were a bunch of guys watching girls do this, it would be completely unsavory, unpleasant, and not something I'd want to watch. But watching a bunch of gals do to a bunch of guys, I'm okay with that. So let's just talk about music, and then we will get out of here. Um, did I say what the next episodes we were going to talk about were going to be? If I didn't, I'll, we'll save it for next time, because I've forgotten what they are. Um, but uh, I just want to say that in this episode, you hear um, uh, Blueberry Hill. Blueberry Hill was an old song that Fats Domino, we talked about this before, Fats Domino made big in 58. Obviously, it's, it's sort of Richie's song. Um, in the previous episode, though, we hear two songs. One song that was written in 1960, but made a big hit by Ricky Nelson in 1961. That's Hello, Mary Lou. I think Gene Pitney wrote it. And then the other song we hear is Twist Again, like we did last summer, which is also, the, I think, the biggest hit of 1961. So we're definitely in 1961. They say we're in 1961 at the Delta Gamma House, so we're definitely in 1961. I mean, I would guess we're in, we're not in the summer. I would guess we're in... Um, we're probably in like the fall or or something like that of nineteen. It's tough to tell by the way everyone's dressed. They're not dressed for fall or winter. Everything and, and it's not summer because everyone's at school and and everything like that. So spring, early autumn. I don't know. I mean, it can't be me- meant to be November because it's it's people aren't dressed for it. So yeah. So the so the music is putting us definitely in and around sixty one, and. Um, yeah, let's see where we go next time, everyone. Let's continue our journey. We are going to, um, I think with the next episode, we're going to head into December of 1979. And I will look up to see when the Vernon Shirley switched back from, was it Thursday nights they moved it to where it bombed? And then back to Tuesday night where it didn't become a huge hit again, but it did stop being embarrassing. So uh, be good to yourselves, everyone. We'll be back next time with the next two episodes, which I'm sure are awesome. Listen to this. Boys, these are such happy days.